Welcome to the PTAB podcast. We are a group of paediatric trainees in the Southwest who every month review a selection of articles that we find useful for our practice. Please note, these are our own opinions and are produced for educational purposes only. They are not intended to substitute professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Thanks for listening. Hello, welcome to the Peds Hub Pod. My name is Felicity Cooksey and I'm a paediatric trainee in the Seven Deanery. I'm very pleased to welcome Kerry Gaskell. Kerry is a specialist paediatric neuroscience pharmacist working at Bristol Royal Hospital for Children. Thank you for joining me. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your journey to becoming a specialist pharmacist? Yep, sure. So um, I've been qualified as a pharmacist for about 15 years. I've always worked within hospital pharmacy, so I started um, in an adult hospital, rotating around various departments there, different specialties, and completed a postgraduate clinical diploma. And then I've been at Bristol Royal Hospital for Children for the last 12 years. I initially worked with the metabolic team um, and then moved to being the lead pharmacist paediatric medicine. And then about six years ago, moved to my current role, which is specialising in paediatric neurology, neuroscience, um, and also palliative care. Um, and also about three or four years ago, I did uh, independent prescriber qualification. So I'm also an independent prescriber. Oh, great. I hadn't realised you had the role in palliative care as well. Yeah. That's great. Um, today we're talking about prescribing paracetamol, specifically an article published in the June edition of Archives of Disease of Childhood titled Evaluation of Age-Banded Dosing of Oral Paracetamol in Hospitalised Children, a retrospective analysis using clinical data in a tertiary paediatric hospital. It was authored by Kirsty Wright and her colleagues. A link to the article can be found in their episode show notes. Kirsty Wright and her colleagues were asking the question, what proportion of paediatric inpatients would receive a dose of paracetamol outside of the therapeutic range, which is based on their weight, if they were prescribed paracetamol based on age banding? I thought this article was really interesting because of just how frequently we prescribe paracetamol to children. And I think for many of us, it's a medication we're prescribing daily. Um, have you ever heard of the Milestones magazine? No, I haven't. Oh, it's a magazine from the RCPCH and they have a feature where they ask members 10 questions. And one of them is what three medications would you like with you if you were marooned on a desert island filled with paediatric patients? And I always find it interesting that most people include paracetamol in their list of medications. Do you think it would make your list? Definitely, yes. (laughs) Would you mind telling our listeners about the current dosing strategies for oral paracetamol recommended by the BNFC, the British National Formulary for Children? Yeah, so the the BNFC recommends age-banded dosing for most indications, so things like pain and pyrexia and discomfort, and weight-based dosing is only an option for post-operative pain. The age-banded dosing that uh, recommended in the BNF matches the dosing that's on the bottle of paracetamol that parents would buy over the counter and give in community. Um, so it kind of matches what parents would do at home. Yeah, and I suppose that's one of the main advantages of age-banded dosing. I assume that continuity and ease for parents. Are there any other reasons you can think of for the advantages for age-banded dosing? Yeah, so it's more simple for parents to give, and so that's why it's recommended for giving at home. It's less likely to lead to overdose, so particularly for short-term occasional use that parents would be giving at home, more minor indications. And if patients are in hospital and then they get discharged, often we don't actually discharge them with the paracetamol. We tell parents to buy their own at home. So 
there is definitely more continuity if the dose that we prescribe on discharge matches what the parents would be giving at home. It's also the age banded doses that we use today are a lot better than what used to be on the bottles that we'd buy um, like pre-2011. Oh right, they it's were, changed. Yeah, so they were a lot broader um, ranges, so I think it's kind of 6 to 12 and then 12 and over. And There was some work done in 2011 where the age bands were more defined and made smaller and the doses were improved slightly. So although they might not be perfect, they have changed in the last oh, That's years. helpful to know. Um, the authors of this study were concerned by using age-banded dosing, children who are over or underweight might be receiving the incorrect dosage of paracetamol, and they're referencing Anderson and colleagues who have modelled the pharmacokinetics of paracetamol in the paediatric population based on weight rather than age. So then a crucial question is, what is a therapeutic paracetamol dose and what dose would be considered a toxic dose? So when looking at weight-based dosing, the ideal dose that we tend to use is around 15 milligram per kilogram, um, up to four times a day, with a toxic dose being more than 18.75 milligrams per kilogram and a subtherapeutic dose being less than 10 milligrams per kilogram. Do the limits change if a child is overweight? If they're overweight, obviously obesity is increasing, there's actually quite a lot of patients that come in that are um, technically obese, then the drug dosing obesity depends on lots of factors such as the therapeutic window of the drug, how it's distributed in the body um, and so for paracetamol it's recommended that you do a dose based on their adjusted body weight. So if I saw a child was obese I would calculate the adjusted body weight and then work out the dose um, because using their actual body weight could potentially overdose them. Yeah, so for the purpose of this study, the authors considered a subtherapeutic dose to be anything under 10 milligram per kilogram, which is what you've said, and a supertherapeutic dose to be above 18.75 milligram per kilogram or above 75 milligram per kilogram per day. So that all fits. The population for this study were children admitted to a tertiary children's hospital in the UK over a five year period between. 2016 to 2021. They were aged three months to 16 years. The authors looked back at electronic records to find admissions, children who had weight recorded and children with a height measurement recorded. They then used this data to work out if paracetamol was prescribed using this data, would children be receiving a therapeutic dose of paracetamol? So the study therefore didn't require any children to actually need to have taken paracetamol. So then onto the numbers. They had nearly 150,000 admissions during the study period, which could be matched to a weight measurement. They did include patients if they had multiple admissions, but if they were admitted more than once in any three-month period, then they only included the first admission to try to reduce bias. They also performed data cleaning to try to remove erroneous results. This left them with just over 100,000 admissions with weights in 68,000 patients. And you can read more about their data cleaning process and exclusions in the paper itself. There were 25,000 admissions with weights and heights, so we're much better at recording weight. In terms of the results, of the admissions, 20% of children would be receiving a subtherapeutic dose of paracetamol, and as a reminder, that's less than 10 milligrams per kilogram. 4.3% of the admissions would be having a supertherapeutic dose, so that's more than 18.75 milligram per kilogram. So overall, nearly a quarter of patients would be receiving a dose of paracetamol outside of the therapeutic range. What are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting study showing how much age-banded dosing where it doesn't work, and that's quite a big percentage, obviously. Um, and, you know, it's a good study with a, a big study population to provide some good, interesting data. Yeah, and they found that there was variation between the age bands, which I found interesting. So for the 12 to 15 year age group, the BNFC recommends a dose range between 480 milligrams and 750 milligrams. So if the lower dose of 480 milligrams was given, 70% would be receiving a subtherapeutic dose. And if the higher dose of 750 milligrams is given, then 13% would still be receiving a subtherapeutic dose. Of those receiving the higher dose of 750 milligrams in the 12 to 15 year age group, more than one in 10 would be receiving the equivalent of more than 75 milligram per kilogram per day if they had regular paracetamol prescribed. So I suppose it makes sense that they found younger patients in each age group were most at risk of receiving a high dose of paracetamol based on age banding and the highest risk being to 12 year olds. Yeah, I think the, the 12 to 15 bracket is quite interesting because obviously there's a big dose range and that's probably taking into account the fact children reach puberty at different ages and there can be a massive difference in weight of 12, 13, 14 yeah. year olds. I suppose the study couldn't, because of the way it was done, take into account what you would actually give. So if you were looking at a patient who was 12 years old, you, the dose that you would choose would hopefully depend on if you think that they are on the big end or the small end of a kind of 12 year old rather than just picking always going for the top of the dose band or always going for the bottom of the dose band. Yeah that yeah. makes sense. Now one thing the authors do state is that they anticipate children admitted to hospital have a higher probability of having a weight which is abnormal compared to the general population and they are clear that they're not commenting on dosing outside the hospital setting but I found it interesting to think that if we're in a situation where we've needed to prescribe a lower dose of paracetamol for a child in hospital because they are of low weight, which happens actually quite a lot, then on discharge, if they've got a condition for which we're anticipating that they're going to need to continue to take paracetamol regularly, what would you be recommending? Yeah, a lot of the work that I do is with children with neurodisability and more complex needs, and these are quite often patients that are a lot lower body weight compared to other children their age where age-banded dosing isn't appropriate. So I think it's really important that parents are educated about what dose is suitable for their child. If an age-banded dose is unsuitable for them, which means that they're not really suitable for kind of buying it over the counter, then I think ideally the GP should continue their prescription so that they have it prescribed safely. Yeah, because I suppose the other thing is over-the-counter paracetamol is really intended for short-term use, for a few days, yeah. not that longer-term use. Yeah, because um, yeah, similarly I was in a situation recently where I was in an outpatient clinic and after reading this paper I started looking at the children who were taking regular paracetamol and several of them were on regular paracetamol, bought over the counter and their parents were following the advice on the bottle but it meant that one of them was actually receiving nearly 100 milligram per kilogram per day of paracetamol but from the caregiver's perspective they were following the instructions. Yeah, so part of my role is um, I've helped to prescribe medicines lists for use in community for um, some of our really complex patients and I kind of keep them updated and as part of that I speak to parents um, on a regular basis and put on things like paracetamol and I have had at least probably like five or six cases out of our 50 patients where I've spoken to the parents to see what dose of paracetamol they're giving and they're giving it as per the bottle and I've looked and I'm like actually that's probably not appropriate let's go for a lower dose yeah and verbally told the parents what dose to give for their child 
and don't go with the age-banded dosing. Yeah, that's really valuable. And I noted that the BNFC does give a cautionary note, which includes being cautious prescribing for those with a body weight under 50 kilograms, which is actually probably a very large proportion of the paediatric population. Things like chronic dehydration, chronic malnutrition, and long-term use. Um, there's also a caution that co-administration of enzyme-inducing anti-epileptic medications can increase toxicity and doses should be reduced. And I just wondered if you could expand on that for us. Yeah, so, I mean, with regards to the cautionary note with the um, body weight less than 50 kilograms, I think that cautionary note looks like it's pretty much copied from adults and doesn't seem very relevant to pediatrics. I think it should probably be more pediatric specific and saying things about if they've got a a low weight for their age rather than just less than 50 kilos or malnourished because... A lot of our patients that do have a low body weight aren't necessarily malnourished, they're just always going to be really small. The anti-epileptic caution is really interesting because there's not really any specific recommendations in the interaction section of the BNF. Um, There's a couple of bits where it mentions things but there's no recommendations for the manufacturer about reducing the dose of paracetamol and I don't think we would generally reduce the dose of paracetamol in patients on anti-epileptics if they had normal liver function and everything. That's really helpful to know, thank you. Overall, what do you think about the quality of the evidence presented? So overall, you know, I think it is a good study. It's obviously a really big study, a lot of of data there. There are some limitations, obviously, with some patients who had multiple admissions. They did try to reduce the the bias a little bit by discounting if they had multiple admissions in three months. It was interesting where they looked at adjusted body weight as well for patients because that makes a difference. The nature of the study means that it assumed that all patients would be prescribed an age-banded dose. And even in a hospital where this is the recommendation, obviously prescribers should still be considering obesity or the BNFC cautions for malnourished patients. And so I think some of those patients you say would be prescribed a subtherapeutic or a supertherapeutic dose actually in practice. You'd hope in some of those cases the prescriber would look at the patient and actually adjust the dose. Yeah, Um, absolutely. It was a retrospective study rather than looking at what actually would happen in practice. Yeah. But overall, I think, you know, it does really clearly illustrate that age-banded dosing doesn't work for every child and is something that needs to be recognised. Yeah, so after reviewing our scores, we like to ask if there's enough evidence for us to consider changing our practice. Now, for those listening, we would strongly recommend you read the paper yourself and draw your own conclusions before considering any changes to your clinical practice. But overall, in your opinion, do you think there's enough evidence to persuade individuals that we should be looking at our own practice and prescribing paracetamol based on weight rather than age banding in the hospital setting generally? Yeah, I mean, within our trust, we do generally recommend using weight-based dosing, um, using adjusted body weight for larger patients. And that's what I would use if I was prescribing paracetamol myself. Um, but I think it's also important that patients are counselled about the dose prescribed so that they're aware it might be different to the dose they give at home and if necessary, informed about what dose to give at home in the future if age-banded dosing isn't appropriate. So I think it's just about, if you are going to prescribe weight-based dosing, just recognising that you need to make sure that the parents are aware of what you're doing and why, and trying to link in with the fact that it is different to what they'd be doing at home. Yeah, and that makes, I suppose, what you were saying before about linking with the GP potentially, particularly if it's going to be a long-term thing. They're less likely to make errors if it's a prescribed medication. and and it's written on the bottle what they have to do. Now, many of our listeners are prescribers. If you could give them advice, what would it be? 
So paracetamol is really widely used and seen as a really safe drug by parents and healthcare professionals. Um, but you do have to remember that it does have a potential for toxicity. So I think the most important things is check your patient's weight and height if possible and look at your patient before prescribing. So you need to think, are they appropriate? Wait for their age. If they're low, make sure you do use weight-based dosing. And if it's high, try and look to use your adjusted body weight where possible if they're obese. Or if you can't get a height, consider age-banded dosing because that's probably more likely to be appropriate than using the actual body weight and make sure that parents are counselled on the appropriate dose to give. Yeah and are there any particular resources that you would generally recommend? So the, there's a UK MI Q&A on drug dosing in childhood obesity which has got information about adjusted body weight and a number of drugs but that includes paracetamol so it kind of gives you the calculations for what to use when you're dosing for paracetamol. Great, thank you. And my final question that we ask all of our guests, what's your favourite book? It doesn't need to be medical. (laughs) I don't get a lot of time for reading at the moment, but it's probably something uh, very traditional like Jane Austen, Pride and Prejudice. Oh, I like Pride and Prejudice too. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me today and I hope everyone listening enjoyed this episode. Please let us know your feedback. That's all for this episode. As always, if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to get in touch via our email address, podcast at pedshub.co.uk or via the Pedshub website. Equally, if you'd like to get involved, we always welcome your voices, so please do get in touch. Thanks Thanks for listening. listening.